0: Growing up, my plan was to be the non-black player on the Georgetown Hoyas. And I was going to do all the dirty work. I was going to be like the Dennis Rodman, John Sally. I was going to play good defense, dive all over the floor for loose balls. I was going to be an undersized, like, four-five, and be a crowd favorite. And then I was going to have to fight my way onto a roster in the league. But I was going to do it through sheer grit and determination. And that was my life goal for right around 13 years or so. I guess, it was, I guess it was less because I didn't know what basketball was as a little baby. But the point was that idea really dominated my brain for what seemed like forever. Honestly, no, I now realize it's a very short period of time, but for, for, for very long, for, I mean, up until right now, it was my entire life for so long was being in the NBA and how I was going to get to the NBA. That's all I thought about. Anyways. I'm in an AAU tournament during the summer as a teenager. There was a fight for a loose ball. I think we were losing. There was a fight for a loose ball, and me and the guy on the other team grabbed it and we wrestled for it and he yanked so hard that my arm got like pulled and wrenched back behind me. And I heard a pop in my shoulder. And I kind of freaked out and I immobilized it and I remember an assistant coach had to take me to some random emergency room in some random hospital because we were traveling and the coach was like, does it hurt? And I was like, not really, but I hear, I heard this loud pop, this loud fleshy pop. And then the doctor came out eventually and he was like, are you in pain? Can you do this? And I did whatever he wanted me to do. I just remember doing it very slowly very gingerly that's like that's not a word you can use and really mean all the time gingerly i was doing everything just very very slowly but i kind of basically had the full range of motion and they end up giving me an x-ray and they see nothing and i just kept muttering about the pop and the assistant coach kind of breaks through and goes are you babying this and i was like i think you're babying this chief no i didn't say that but before you defend your boy here and attack my old assistant coach for basically calling me a baby I think he was right. I just remember feeling like, hey, man, if there's a chance I'm going to get hurt, like I'm going to hurt my body and be in pain, then forget this playing hard thing. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Anyways, that's sort of the re- that, that, when I think back, that's sort of the moment that I realized my dreams of making it to the NBA. We were dying a slow death. Also, I kind of hated working hard, but my deep, deep love of the game never left. So I played out the rest of my high school career, sort of a Draymond Green type, a little Luke Waltney. Listen, whatever, this isn't about me. I have a point. I put all of my love into the game, into the NBA, and specifically the Lakers. And right around that time, because he and I were born right around the same time, I started reading stuff about this guy named Kobe Bryant. I remember thinking... Oh, there's another high school kid going straight to the NBA. And I remember thinking, oh, I hope this isn't a trend because I was kind of a hater at that point. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, if there are high school kids going to the NBA, my dreams of making it to the NBA are totally 100% officially dead. There's a guy my age who isn't even bothering with the non-black Georgetown step. Forget it. I mourned for a while and then all of a sudden, my Lakers were picking this guy, this kid. This guy was my age. Every NBA fan has that moment where they realize the dudes they're cheering for are younger than them. And I realized it when my favorite team, the only team I've ever cared about, the Lakers, drafted a kid who was my age. And this sounds stupid and immature and like garish to even admit out loud. But if you wanted to play in the NBA, if your dream was to play in the NBA, you get what I'm about to say. When those dreams die, you start going, well, what is my relationship to basketball now? Like, what am I going to do? And I decided to be like, I'm a Lakers. Like, everything is Lakers forever now. I mean, I'd always loved Lakers, but I'm like, this is all I have. I'm going to love the Lakers. I'm going to pour everything into the Lakers. And I'm going to hate everybody that's not a Laker. And then they draft this kid who's my age. Do you see how this is setting up? Kobe was like a dividing line for me in my life. Every player before Kobe was like a poster on my wall idol of mine. I dreamed of playing with them and against them. Then my dreams were shot in the chest with a huge bow and arrow, like a thwack. Left alone to die on the beach. And all I had left was this diehard Lakers fandom. And now following this career of this guy who's my age on my favorite team of all time. Kobe Bryant is the first guy I could watch and appreciate and really understand who he was and where he was in his career and how he fit on the team and with his teammates, because I was growing up myself, just like him. And I wasn't deluded by my own NBA dreams anymore. I could just watch and learn and appreciate. And that's what I did for 20 years. I could watch everything that guy did and live vicariously through him because I, like him, wasn't a kid anymore. I could appreciate the massive, massive gap between he and and myself as basketball players. And I understood, I learned what made him so different because I realized that wasn't me. I couldn't do that. And I felt like I did it right alongside him as his career was going So was my career watching him and appreciating him. His personal troubles aside as a basketball player, I had the joy and privilege of watching Kobe Bryant give everything to the game of basketball all the way up to and including his final game on April 13th, 2016. What a gift. As a Lakers fan, as a basketball fan forever, what a gift to be able to really appreciate his contribution to the sport. It's Kobe's final game, and this is first down. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and decides whether they're good enough for the First Ballot Hall of Fame. Brought to you by the Ball is Life Podcast Network. I'm your host, Neil, the long lost Gasol brother, the podcast, Jordan Clarkson. Half Filipino, half Jewish, 100% point forward. I'm not the biggest Lakers fan. I am the best Lakers fan. Mr. Not Always Right, but never, ever wrong. Coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite, desk chair in my basement. Today's episode of the First Bout Hall of Fame podcast could be sponsored by, could be sponsored by Any weight loss scam, literally any weight loss scam, I will plug your thing, I'll take your money, I'll hawk your pills, I'll talk about your little diet plan, I don't care. I got family to take care of, I'll act like I believe in all of it. We have some weight loss talk coming up here on the pod, and you know what, Jenny Craig and the paleo diet and everybody else, it'd be a pretty good goddamn spot for me to authentically mention and work in your brand and product. I just want to say it out loud, I'm willing to lie. Companies, look me up. I'm on the Balls Life Podcast Network now. We started off small. We're going to keep growing, and I can deliver you overweight people. All right, let's move on. Kobe's final game is without a doubt a phenomenal sports moment, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's what we have to decide today, and here to do it with me is a very special guest. I'm thrilled to have him on. I think he's so smart. I'm going to try and shut the hell up today so he can do all the talking. I don't want to put this on him, But listen, guest, if this episode is good, it will be because of you. If this episode is bad, it will also be because of you. He's the host (laughs) of the Higher Learning Podcast with Rachel Lindsay, and he's one of the hosts of the Ringerverse, both on the Ringer Podcast Network. He's been on your television for years on TMZ and TMZ Sports, more recently on Hip Hop Homicides. He's the author of Fat, Lazy, and Tired, Tales from the Trenches of Transformation. He's also an oscar winner a goddamn oscar winner on this show he won the oscar as an executive producer on the film two distant strangers from his own production company six feet over it's
1: the wildly smart the captivating van lathan van
0: thank you for being on the show thank you
1: very much hey i'll tell you one thing I don't know if Kobe's final game is going into the Hall of Fame, but that was a Hall of Fame intro right Listen, there. Jesus that Christ. means a lot from
0: you. That means a lot. Can we? Can I? I don't want to be too like obsequious here, right out of the gate. When you agreed to come on, I was like, wow, that wild miss from Van to make this type of error. I was so excited to talk to you. One of the first things I wanted to talk to you about is your handle of the English language. Not just your handle on the English language, but your ability to synthesize thoughts in high pressure situations, namely being on camera all the time and or recording podcasts, etc. But then also in the in the things that you've done talking about difficult issues, your ability to control words and to control what you say and say and to stay calm. Where does that sort of poise and 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 handle in the
1: language, where does it come from? Reps, you know, just Mm. doing it a lot. Uh, I was always a confrontational person. (laughs) Always. And I started to realize, like from watching different people that I really looked up to, that the person that stays the most measured is normally the one who gets their point across the best. Yes, yes. Um, And I can't always do it, but when you can, uh, it, it really serves you. Yes. And then what happened was... You know, I was on TMZ and the camera was always on, as you'd Mm -hmm. say, and we were having these conversations and you're trying to be effective in the room Mm -hmm. and you're trying to be effective to the audience watching at home. And it it ends up kind of just becoming a thing that you do. I remember reading this, uh, this account of Steph Curry way back in the day, and it was about how um, everything he did in warm-ups was at game speed. right. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but they were talking about how it was all of these players at this camp and they were all going through their ups. And I can't remember who was evaluating the talent, but they looked at Steph, mm. who wasn't a huge recruit coming out of mm-hmm. out of high school, and they go, wow, this kid's going to be something. Even if it's just a corner three-point shooter in the NBA, he will make it. Because every, sing- every single thing he was doing was at game speed. Right. At TMZ – everything was at game speed yeah there was no prep there was no stop down say it again you had to get things out Mm -hmm. um in a very specific way
0: well it's very impressive uh did you what did you want to be as a kid did you consider being a lawyer a politician like when i hear you speak about things it's you've got the quality of, of leadership in spades and i sort of like in my head i'm like You had to have felt this or seen this or your parents saw this when you were younger. What did you wanna
1: be when you were a kid? Everything. (laughs) There were so many different things, man, that I think one of the things that perhaps derailed me from taking one of those paths was that I would get so into something and I would devote so much time to it for a specific amount, (laughs) um, uh, for a specific time period. That I would burn myself out, um, you know, at first, it was I very much wanted to be a lawyer, yeah, and I got super duper into everything. I was at boys state, yeah, same. like doing all of that type of stuff. I, you know you know what I mean and then you know, I really deeply got into film and entertainment and communicating yes. at that level, and it's always been the thing that I kind of gravitated to, but man, yeah. It, uh, I started off. I wanted to be a cameraman. I wanted to go to space. I wanted to be an attorney, and I actually was. Um, I actually was uh, pre-law when I first got into college, and then I, I remember they were like, "Really, this is what you want to do? Uh, you All do you so talk about it. is Stanley? <laughs> Stanley Kubrick? You really want to do this?" And so I stopped, and I, and I switched creative writing. I just want you to know you'd be so good at it if
0: it's something that you chose to do. Were you the type of kid, I imagine the answer to this question is going to be yes, although I don't want to put words in your mouth. Were you the type of kid that would watch a movie, and I know you're such a gigantic movie fan, were you the type of kid that would watch a movie and go, yeah, man, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up? Like, were, did you? were there any movies that you watched as a kid where you're like, yep, I'm going to go do that thing that I just watched this character, I just fell in love with this movie and this character, and that's what I now want to be for a living? So my mom did
1: it. We were watching Do the Right Thing, right? Mm. Um, it's like 90 or 91 or something, whatever. But we're watching the film and my mother, she's looking at me the way she tells the story. And she can tell that I'm into the movie.
0: Mm.
1: Like I'm understanding it. Mm. Like I'm hanging on the edge of my seat, like mm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a movie for a 10 or 11 year old kid. right? Because right. there are a lot of microaggressions that, uh, that occur in the film and it's the hottest day of the summer. And there's a lot of things going back and forth that you, that a kid can't really pick up on, but I was following. And Spike Lee's in the movie and my mother goes, uh, you see Mookie, the character, the lead in the movie. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, he wrote and directed the film. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Right. And she goes, (laughs) well, he made everything up. And then when they're, Filming the movie, he tells everybody what to what do. To do. Right. right. And my response to her in a flash was, man, in a very, in a very, not in a sitcom way, just in a very real way, I went, man, they let black people do that? <laughs> and, and she was aghast. She yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> what? Like, you can do anything that you want to do. right? Oh, good and, and you know what I mean? And so she was so taken aback by it, and mm. it, it bothered her so much mm. uh, that it was a moment that I never really forgot about. Yeah. And I was like, you oh, know, I didn't know that somebody sat down and made up Star Wars. I just thought it appeared on the TV. But And so I, I became obsessed with that. I, 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 when I found out that someone wrote jokes for David Letterman,
0: I was almost disappointed because in my head, (laughs) he was that funny every time. I was like, this guy is so funny. I can't believe how funny this guy is. I just had no idea. I I have a similar story about something I watched. It's slightly different. I watched Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone Mm. and was like, I'm 100% going to arm wrestle when I grow up.
1: It looks so cool, bro. Yeah. I, and I was
0: like, yes. And uh-huh. I'm like thinking about branding. I'm like, what could I do that could uh-huh. like fold into my arm wrestling nickname? Anyways, it came and went. I'm not very strong, uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I have a couple other personal things I'm going to ask you about. But sure. very quickly to sort of set the table, what is your favorite sport,
1: your favorite team, and your favorite athlete of all time? Favorite sport uh, of all time is college football. Got it. My favorite athlete of all time is Kobe Bryant. Okay. My favorite team of all time is the LSU Fighting Tigers God. college yes. football team. Absolutely, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. It's not even close. <laughs> I it, it, I don't care about any sport as much as I care about right. LSU. Yes, I see that And and that. <laughs> and college football. That's okay, hold on. Easy. So let's say every year I this
0: is a little game that I play. Every year you have the ability to decide that the team that you're co- that you follow that you love in any sport but only one team can win the championship. And if you get that for 10 straight years, how many of those years are you picking the LSU Tigers to win the national championship in Ten. college football? Okay. Ten. Okay. Okay. 10 I, in I, a row. Like row. Okay. That is my benchmark for favorite team. To me, I love the Los Angeles Lakers. They are damn near the only thing I care about, and I would pick the Lakers every single year until I'm
1: dead, and I just want yeah. to make sure that we're on the same page here. Until people were like we have to dissolve the program, right? Like, they they're winning too much. Now, I'm a gigantic Lakers fan as well. Yeah, right. But as compared to yep. LSU, it's not close.
0: Got it. I appreciate that. Those are all fantastic answers, and I'm glad that you're such a big Kobe uh, fan. I can't wait to dive into this. But quickly, again, I want to uh, just ask about a couple of personal things. I'm not – let's imagine a scenario where maybe I'm a little over my playing weight currently. (laughs) I'm not committing to saying that I am over my playing weight. Yeah. Uh, let's imagine a scenario where i am i'd like to ask you just a couple of questions about your weight loss journey is that okay sure of course now you're three i heard you say you you were at at your most you were right around 370 is that true 370, 370 Yeah, about 370 pounds now what now i stopped weighing myself 35 years ago mm-hmm. and i certainly wouldn't weigh myself anytime now if i was over my playing weight i wouldn't weigh myself how did you know you were even 370
1: oh man so I didn't, um, I had worked an overnight at my job at Best Buy, you know? And so I worked an overnight and I was coming home that morning and I was getting out of the car. I got out of the car. When I got out of the car, I was like, Ooh, my heart rate shot up. I was like, Ooh, mm. I'm a little tired. Right. And then it was in the morning, right? So I'm like, you know what? I wonder how much I weigh. mm because I'm in Baton Rouge. It's not <laughs> unique to see a bigger person there. Put it to you like that. I'm in South Louisiana. We we like to eat. But I just stopped really being active. Mm-hmm. And I was an athlete in high school, being active and, and keeping up with my weight and my health. So I, like, I wonder how much I weigh. So I go to Walmart. I go to Walmart and I get one of the scales that they have for sale at Walmart. And I stand on the scale. Um, and the scale says that I weigh, uh, 300 and no scale says I weigh 50 pounds. Okay, okay. It, it says five zero.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so I got walking by, I'm like, yo, the scale says I weigh 50 pounds. Uh, it's, is it broken? Is there one that I can use that works? He goes, no, 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 no. It's a 300 pound scale. And so I went, what does that mean? It means that means. Anything over 300 pounds, it goes back. Oh, right. So the 50 is added on to the 300. You weigh 350 pounds. Damn. And I'm like, what? Mm. So I'm like, "I, I go and I get in the car. And I'm like, that can't be right. That's off. There's no way I'm 350 pounds. I was expecting to be around 300 pounds, Mm -hmm. no doubt, because I knew, right? Right, right. Um, Or a little bit around 310, maybe, 305, whatever, 350. I was like, boom. So I went to GNC, and they used to have this machine at GNC, take the quarter, put it in the machine, digital scale, tell you how much you weigh. Right. And I got on it, and it's true, the scale in Walmart was wrong. Oh, no. It was light. Oh, my God. And it said 366 pounds. Oh, my God. And I remember asking the guy, I'm like, yo, is this scale right? He goes, yeah, dude. I weighed myself this morning, 225.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> jerk. Yeah. <What> a jerk. <laughs> I, I, can, I can show you
1: some of the stuff that we're using there if you're looking at 225, bro. Um, and so I just remember leaving and then feeling 370 yeah, yes, pounds. Right. I didn't. I didn't before I got right. here. I remember feeling it now. Ah, uh, so were
0: you? I just very quickly I want to say that when I was in high school, I would walk into GNC just to be seen walking out of it. That's a little <laughs> note I'm there. When when you so you hear that three, you feel that weight now because you've seen the number, which is very real and also makes me sad. uh Are you, but that's, are are you devastated in that moment? If I'm not mistaken, that's, you didn't immediately go, I'm going to lose the weight now. Tell me, you know, this show is about sports moments and great sports moments.
1: Tell me about the moment you decided to go, I'm going to lose this weight. Yeah, it wasn't in, it wasn't in. As a matter of fact, that kind of, I kind of fell into a little bit of a depression Mm, for a while. Right. Um, It wasn't in, it was when I got out to California, so I lost a little bit of weight while I was doing the the last movie that I did before I left to come to California It was during the hurricane and during the hurricane uh what well, was it wasn't during the hurricane the hurricane came during the movie and after that happened it was hard to eat right um because it was just the most stressful time that right. we could all imagine Everything right. it just we weren't living in the same way so I lost a little bit of weight then I lost about 20 pounds. So then I got to LA. I don't know. When I got to LA, I was out here for a little while. And maybe it was the carryover for how I was feeling before.
0: Mm.
1: It's just something just changed a little bit. I I got to the point to where I was working at this place. And there was a, a small flight of stairs going up to where we would edit the shows. And I would crawl up the stairs. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. Rather than just walk up the mm. stairs. And I just... One day, I was coming back on the bus. I was riding the bus at that point, and I passed by an LA fitness. I just went and I walked in there. And there was a guy in there that helped me sign up, and there was a little scale out in the front. I would go in there, and it was only the only thing I could do was 10 minutes hitting the heavy bag and mm. 10 minutes on the bike. I would call, talk to my homie back home, and I would do that. Before you knew it, I was back on the basketball court, and then the weight just melted off. But how did you, how did, what, how did you
0: maintain the discipline to eat better and to exercise daily? Because I do that and then something happens and I stop
1: and then I never go back. Yeah. It, so in terms of the discipline, it became something that really wasn't a discipline. It became Mm. a life thing. Mm. Uh, I ended up meeting most of the friends that I first met in LA on the basketball court. That was my form of social interaction. The first couple women that I dated at LA, I met them at the gym. Um, Everything kind of focused around that, like everything revolved in my life, revolved around going to the gym. Even walking back and forth to the gym, because I Mm. gave myself like a mile and a half walk, maybe even two, to get to the gym, it took like a little while to get there. And even that walk back and forth, I started to really look forward to it every single day. And then, and now it's even a situation to where there is nothing I enjoy more, almost nothing than taking a long walk. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, And I think it says a lot about you that you've been able to do this, maybe more than anything else you've ever done, at least to me. I mean, I don't, again, I, I don't know you, but that you've been able to do this, I think is super impressive. My mother, uh, my mother uh, went to college and got a degree in microbiology. Then she met my father. She got married. She had five kids. My eldest brother was autistic. She raised all five of us. At 50, she decided to go back to college to get another degree, a, t- a teaching degree. She lost 180 pounds at 50. Oh, my 50, God. At 50. And kept it off for her the rest of her life. She, and, and, and also started a 20-year teaching career in the state of Ohio, Uh, And that was my mom. And when I hear that story and I hear yours and I think about my mother, I go, I have it in me to to be at the weight that I want to be at. And uh, and I uh, like getting information like the the
1: information you've given me because I want to be healthier. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's like it's something that I've always kind of uh, dealt with, you know, Mm. Um, and I kept my weight off to in terms of like like really fit all throughout my 30s. You know, during the pandemic I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. And when I lost my dad, I gained some weight and I've I've literally just lost uh 50 pounds. Um Good for you. I, but the thing is is that I know at the end of the day that it's possible for me to control my body mm-hmm. and be in control of my health. Mm-hmm. And that's a absolute blessing. Because there are a lot of people who have ailments, right. diseases, conditions right. where they cannot control right. their bodies. Some of these things are chronic. Some of these things they are born with. So even the ability to have some control over what uh, of what the the outcomes of your health are is just something that I I kind of um, I, I cherish while I still have that. Because who knows what the future holds? You know. I totally
0: understand. Um, and I I had heard. Uh, you on an interview that you lost your father. Uh I lost my mother recently um mm, as I'm well. So I that. know that pain. Uh it is something that just absolutely levels you in waves and seems to never go away. And I I'm thinking about your father and, and everybody listening can you can all think about my mother for, for a beat. I'd appreciate it. Um
1: yeah. you know what? You know can I say something? Please, of course. I, I could And I hope this doesn't offend you in any way. I could tell that you had lost her with the way that you just talked about her and the reverence that you showed and how it crystallized Mm -hmm. in your mind Mm -hmm. what she was able to do and how Mm -hmm. amazing that was. Like I find myself now thinking about my dad and what my dad was able to accomplish and who he was. And just wanting people that I am talking to yes. to know what an awesome yes. guy that was. You know what yes. I mean? <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I, I'm getting chills. I I understand exactly what you're saying. And I heard you maybe on The Breakfast Club talking about how your father was a black man in the south. And having to deal with that and what that put on him and his frame and his heart and his body. You, th- those are not physical things. They're they're emotional uh, uh, uh feelings and, and, yeah. and things that stress the body and uh yes uh, d- wanting to explain to someone what this person accomplished and h- how important and how essential they were in me getting to where I am it's uh, that has become a big part of of my relationship with my mo- my continued relationship with my mother is
1: making sure that people know how incredible she was i get it brother i yeah. get it man you did it and that was an amazing cuz what you just talked about was—that's like starting over or starting something new at fifty. I think we all aspire to do that. So um, I'm glad you get a chance to celebrate our life. I appreciate that, and my my heart goes out to you and your
0: your, your family as well on on the loss of your father. Uh, let's let me try and ease my way back into sports <laughs> talk here. You lost a lot of. You've been boxing as well. You mentioned basketball, but you you've boxed and you've uh, trained a lot as well. Do you have a favorite boxer and or
1: a favorite fight? Um, Oh, good question. A favorite boxer all time. I like so many different styles. I'm going
0: to silently judge you based on this answer, just so you know.
1: Uh, Okay, so I I, I accept that. You Um, might
0: want to change it based on this,
1: me looming over you now. So there's a reason why this guy was my favorite fighter (laughs) for the time that he was my favorite fighter. But I used to like this gentleman by the name of Paul the Punisher Williams. Yes, always fantastic. Yeah, who – was a welterweight champion, a champ at 154. And I think he probably captured the belt at at middleweight as well. Um, unfortunately, his career was cut short by uh, an accident that left him paralyzed. Mm. But he was a big, gangly, hundred round, hundred punch around guy that that just kind of overwhelmed you. He took some losses. But I used to really love watching him, watching him fight because I could give you a Roy or a Floyd right. or a Fury who I love <laughs> or any of those guys. But my favorite fighter of all time is probably Paul the Punisher Williams.
0: A fantastic answer.
1: Uh, it's not my answer.
0: I, this isn't about me. I'm not going to give my answer. I love yours. Rachel I want to know. Uh,
1: it's um, the marvelous Marvin Hagler. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's one of the I guys. Mean... That's one of the guys right there. That he's one of the ones that. When I was first understanding what boxing that's right. was, that's yeah, exactly right. that's so yep. fantastic. Yeah, same.
0: Uh, and the name and the head and the war hat and the Hearns fight. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else you're looking for. If you're if you're into sports, I don't know what else you're looking for. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. That's the answer. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned playing basketball. You played through high school, I presume. Yeah, I played through high school. Yeah. Uh, how good were you? Just uh, you listen. This is it's your microphone right now. You can say whatever you want. How
1: good were you? It's pretty good, man. I mean, I can play ball. Like, look, I'll be honest with you. Like, I hope. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, you're not gonna. I, I'm not ever going to overstate. You can't hold back. I love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna ever overstate what I could, what I was capable of, or what I am capable of. I still play. Like, there's. You're not gonna play with very many people who played a lot of basketball with me who aren't going to say that I was a pretty good basketball player. <laughs> I
0: love it. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it is,
0: but I'm the same. You know what's funny is I'm now of the age, and I've started not playing enough that I I don't want to – I can create this aura about me and how good I used to be, uh-huh. and I don't want to ever have that balloon popped by yeah. me trying to go back out there. But I don't know what it is, but that that sentiment of, you know what, I could – I could play, well, yeah. I love that. Pretty good, <laughs> that bro. Really
1: connects to me. I, I'm not, I, you know. You always you want to keep it within the realm of. You want to look back because now I'll talk about more stuff that I couldn't do than stuff that I could right. do.
0: Right.
1: Really great shooter. <laughs> <laughs> like really, com- really competitive, strong, right. right? Good hands, okay feet, um. <laughs> Um, not the best athlete, but better than average. Like so I was dunk- a- I was getting up, I was dunking, yeah, a, a player comp. Do you have a player comp? Ah, oh, what a good question. Um, maybe like a Paul Pierce. Oh, I love it. what yeah. what a great answer. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm serious. Like maybe like a Paul Pierce. Like you know, I can tell how serious you
0: are. The way you're saying it, I I really love it. And I want you to know, I adjusted mine recently. I had been saying like a Luke Walton meets Anthony Mason, like wide body. You wouldn't suspect mm-hmm. him to be able to handle the ball, but he's got the basketball IQ. Maybe not the best score, but I started going. You know what I was really good at? I think I'm really I'm a really good undersized defender. Mm. Uh, Because I was in a, grew up in a small town. Uh, My high school was in a cornfield. I had to play center. I'm adjusting it to a like a baby Draymond Green. That's just I'm throwing that out there for you, man. I love that, and you
1: know what? (laughs) I I, here's the thing. I can be a Draymond, right? Who 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 can who the Draymond the one year he shot like 4.2 percent from three. (laughs) Well, I can be that guy because more than anything, people think that this is like weird about me even in a pickup game the thing i care the most about is not getting off the court right so i will do what it what it takes you know what i mean
0: (laughs) fantastic well that was uh, that was a lot of fun to talk to you about Mm -hmm. um is we got to dive into our moment we have to get into kobe bryant's final game we have to decide whether it's good enough for the first belt hall of fame to do that we have to go through our hall of fame credentials those are the categories by which we judge our moment The first credential, as always, analytics, numbers. People love numbers. They feel like it helps them understand the game better. Here are some numbers behind Kobe's game, Uh, Van. Feel free to jump in wherever you'd like. Here's the final game box score. Kobe was 6 of 21 from 3. That's 28%. (laughs) (laughs) 10 of 12 from the line. He had four boards, four assists, which four assists, you could have fooled me. One steal, one block. He played just over 42 minutes he had played in 30 he played over 35 minutes twice that season in 2 in November 2 in December he had been averaging closer to 24 and a half minutes the last month and a half before this game where he went for 42 minutes uh the lakers as a team had lost 10 of their last 11 before this game kobe's field goal percentage was nearing 35% at the time over the season and then here's the big one 60 points on 22 of 50 field goal attempts that's 44% from the field. What's more audacious, 60 in a final or 50 shots to get there? Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a big, hefty um. The 50 shots. Okay. The, the 50 shots is probably more audacious because the way I look at this is I don't think that anybody has ever had a final game that was more emblematic. Right. I love this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Not just who they were, but who people thought they were. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And so when I watched Kobe go out, like I watched it, I'll never forget. Me and Kalika, my fiance, were at uh, the Watson's house. That's Brandon Watson and Marcus Watson. They are um, huge boxing guys with their father, Sam. We're watching it and- everybody was just captivated people mm. were crying yes we were throwing stuff i think the warriors that same night mm-hmm. were going for 73 that's right um but like nobody gave a shit that's right <laughs> you know what i mean and <laughs> and we was just like like watching how things were going and cob was he he was back in that old thing. No one captures mm-hmm. the lightning in a bottle or yes. turns back time like that in the last game. And then it just got funny as well because the rest of the Lakers knew to get the hell yes. out of his way. Yes, and the Lakers won the game. Yes, and I and I sometimes think that's the little bit of poetry that people don't remember. Even in the eighty one game, the Lakers were down. Right, sure. Kobe went crazy and shot the ball every time and had a fantastic game, but his thing was about Kobe getting his shots, but only because he believed that he was the best option That's right. That's to right. take the team to victory. That's exactly right. And so, like, I'll, the stats, 6 of 21 is nuts. Like, for <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the 21 threes. Like, 21 threes, right? It's nuts. But it was still so poetic yes. and, and, and so... It's so signature of who he was. I can't think of a moment where someone was able to have that type of performance in their swan song. I just love the game, bro. It's
0: you're, you again, you like I talked about your handle on the language. Emblematic is exactly the word. I, that does not appear once in my notes, and it's the perfect word emblematic exactly on the button and you're right he believed uh, both in the 81 point game and in this game i gotta do this thing and he was likely <laughs> right on both cases <laughs> with two minutes and 16 seconds left in this game the lakers were down 10 and yeah. as i re-watched the end of this game when they were up 10 with two minutes left i was basically going oh, let's just see what he can get and how many he can finish with. But under no circumstances, until they were like within six or maybe even four, did I think they could actually win the
1: game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's. I remember the moment in his career when Kobe really stopped closing games. I just remember a time right. when it was like, yo, if you're up five or if you are down by five mm-hmm. and there's two left, if he's on the court, you're going to win. Right. If you were if you were if the Lakers could get a two point lead and put the ball in Kobe's hands, the game was was over. over. That's right. Like he was gonna close he was gonna close the game. And then I remember when (laughs) that changed. That's right. Yes. And me, the reason why he's my favorite athlete is because he's the one guy, though the first guy, should I say, that I watched every dribble. Yes. I I'm right with you. He's only, he was only two years older than me. Right. I was playing high school basketball. When he was coming out, he was sort of an anomaly in that he wasn't a big guy that mm-hmm. was making the leap. He was a guard. It was going to mm-hmm. be harder. I watched him struggle. I watched him figure it out. I watched him get to the top, fall, and then come back. Mm. I just watched everything. And so I even remembered when Kobe stopped being the right. Kobe that we used to yes. know, right? And it was hard for me, yes, because it yes. was like, "Yo, am I, am I?" I know Kobe's a little older. Does that mean that, right? I'm getting old. <laughs> That's right. you, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, <laughs> how can Kobe Bryant not be young? Mm. You know, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then because you're like going, because you're
0: going, I was just young.
1: Yeah, I, this right. is me, right? That's We're right. still. Like I'm, I'm 32. He's yep. he's 34. Are we right. old? Yes. You know right. what I mean. And yeah. so, and then, um, when he really started to struggle, which was after the injuries, right? Mm-hmm. He had, mm-hmm. uh, the shoulder. He had, of course, the Achilles. And when he really started to struggle, um, and that coupled with a new era of basketball, I'm talking about some real young guns here. Yep. I'm talking yeah. about guys. I think it was Paul George one time that drove by home and dunked the ball, and they were talking about it at the end. And he goes, "Well, he's old." And I was like, God damn. You know? And I never thought that I would get to see that version of Kobe again. Mm -hmm. And man, just for one night, bro. Yes, so sweet. (laughs) Just just for one night,
0: man. It's really, it's, 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 I talk a lot about music on this pod. The magic, because to me, music is like the magic of our everyday lives. Like you put on a song and like you'll start. Following along with the lyrics, if you haven't heard this song in 20 years, you might start standing up and dancing. It's like pure lunacy. Music is true blue magic and it transports you. You go, Oh my God, I used to listen to this song when I would go into the baseball card shop when I was a kid. I would ride my bike to the baseball card shop and I'd listen to the Scorpions Wind of Change when I was looking at Ricky Henderson cards. That's why I remember this. And you're put back there for a moment and to watch this game and to watch the close I go there's Kobe again he's yeah. here
1: Ugh. yeah yeah and it just and everybody's around it's one of those times where we're all rooting for the same person to mm-hmm. do the same thing and we all know that it's truly we say this all the time but in this it was truly the end of an era yes um and you know just to be really sentimental about it uh if I would have known that some of the things, obviously, that followed, right. I would have probably cherished it even more. even more. It just makes it all the more special. So I, I, that's couldn't more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more.
0: Here are some more stats. He is the only player to finish career with a 50 or 60 point game. He missed his first five shots of the game. One of them was an air ball. He had a turnover. Rough start. Ended up with 15 in the first quarter, seven in the second, 15 in the third, and 23 big points in the fourth. This was Kobe's 122nd time scoring 40 points, his 25th time scoring at least 50, and his 6th time scoring at least 60. He attempted 59% of the team's (laughs) shots, which is the highest percentage (laughs) he's ever taken. It was also the first time a player attempted 50 shots in a game since Rick Barry in 1967. That's when David Estrampskis said all his life. Crazy side note that David added here, Rick Barry in his second year in the league – he took 50 shots. He was 17 of 50 in that game. Oh, my <laughs> God. Rick! Rick Barry, 17 of 50 in 67. Goddamn. Uh, David also put together a list of great finales from other great players. The, Larry Bird finished his career with 12 points. Dirk, 20 Dr. J had 24. Tim Duncan had 19. Good, good outing there by Timmy. Uh, Dream had eight. Iverson had 13. Kareem had seven. Karl Malone had two. Magic, six. MJ, 15. Neek, two. Shaq, two. Wade, 25. Wilt, 23. So I think it says something about this guy really rising to the moment and putting on one last show. One last show. One last show.
1: Giving us who we love. Yes. Not leaving Oof. us with the version of Kobe that right. uh, that made us question our own mortality. <laughs> like letting us live forever a little bit. Yes. Because the last version of Kobe that we saw yes. was... That same guy, you know yes. just incredible man
0: you re- you make a great point, it almost in a way erases the rest of that season it kind of like does you, you kind of don't remember it because you just remember that ending yeah because uh, it it was point. it was
1: a rough season i remember uh <laughs> there was this meme of Kobe running up the court, and it was i was like, damn know. <laughs> you know what i mean and by I can I say something else, yeah, please. The older I got on the basketball court, the more I had respect not for how many points a guy would score, but for how many shots somebody mm-hmm. would take. Mm-hmm. I was at 36, I was in a um in the LA Athletic Club League and it was a very competitive league. And I had a line that I was proud of myself. I went 19 for 37. Wow. <laughs> in the game, and I felt like I was cooking. I yeah, scored a lot of, of, of points. Like I, like, like, I felt like I was cooking. I was cooking. I was like, I came back, man, said like, I had 42 or, or whatever. Like, or I, I think I have maybe even had more than that. I might have 45 or 46. And I remember uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my homeboy, my <laughs> homeboy Sean comes over and he's passing out the little stat sheets that they would give yeah, you. That's yeah, how yeah. you know it's a league you really yeah, pay yeah, for. Yeah. And it was like, Van wasn't shy today. <laughs> put that motherfucker up 37 times i'm gonna I'm a score
0: <laughs> i don't know what it is i could listen to you brag about how good you are at basketball for a long goddamn while now hey hey mm. not that good
1: <laughs> i was
0: pretty good though okay. uh i mentioned already 2 216 left lakers were down 10 Kobe scored 13 straight after that. Uh, the last play, an assist to Kuya Jordan Clarkson. Utah did not score after 2.16 left in the game. Lakers obviously won. Uh, on StubHub, the most expensive ticket sold for Bryant's last game, two courtside seats cost $27,500 each. Ooh. A ticket to the last game signed by Kobe went for $40,000. Do you have any autographs? Van, do you do you have any any or even any uh, personal mementos from a celebrity interaction? Any favorite celebrity interactions? Do you, is there something you cherish from a from a celebrity at the level of a forty thousand dollar autograph ticket? So I got two autographs. Oh, I love this! I can't wait! I can't okay. wait to hear what you who you're gonna say. One is an autographed Saints
1: jersey from Willie Rofe. Okay, oh, that's man. on the wall Let's right go. here. But the other one, I have to show you. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Percy Miller, Master he's holding up a framed Percy Miller, Master P, Hornets jersey, number 15. He signed it?
1: Yeah. Uh, Hold on. And P gave that to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you tell, tell me the story. That's a fantastic memento. So. I got to know Master P, who's a great guy, mm. when I was working at TMZ. You know, he's right. an entrepreneur, and he would have things to sell. He found out, or we ended up talking, and he he kind of got that I was from Baton Rouge. Mm. And I ended up having a relationship with him, right? P would do this thing to where he would be in the neighborhood of TMZ, and he'd be like, yo, I'm stopping by the office. Ugh. And like people would hit me, and they would be like, man, Master P yeah, is in yeah. the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would go up there and come in do a segment with him. He give you a story about one of his sons. He's got these kids are such great basketball players. Blah blah blah. And one day he's like, got something for you, and he busts out with the the P. Miller Charlotte jersey. And I tried to play it cool, but I literally looked at him and said. I don't know if you know how much this means to me. Oh my god! <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> this is dope. So those are the only two things. I'm not. I'm not a big memorabilia guy. Yeah. But Willie Rofe and his beautiful wife, um, uh, Angela, gave me that jersey. Um, that's the Saints Hall of Famer. Had to have that framed. And then exactly. P gave me that. Other than that, I don't really do the the memorabilia stuff that much.
0: A, a, an amazing Master P jersey. He, I, I almost certainly we're going to do an episode on on him uh, playing in the uh,
1: – was it the summer league? Is that where he played? I think it was the – yeah, he got to the summer league. Actually, it might have been a preseason. I think yes, he got a couple right. of preseason runs with oh, the Raptors and with so Charlotte. Weird. Can you imagine
0: that happening today? The fucking internet would would it absolutely eat itself alive if a, a real legitimate rapper and and rap music mogul ends up playing on a on a
1: NBA team it would be fantastic. It's the kind of thing you could get away with doing yes. back then, right? Because people weren't like paying attention and stuff, right? right. Um, but Master P could play. He played in Houston for a little while. He could play. I don't know what level that he actually got to. Obviously, his kids are really good, but um, in terms of whether or not he actually. Would have been out there if he was just Percy Miller, the guy trying to. But he, he could play some ball.
0: Do you um, feel like you would have beaten Percy uh, Miller one on one if you, you know, on your on a good day? Yes. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, The next credential is our eye test. What did you see in this moment that might give it that extra added oomph to get this moment into the first belt hall of fame? There's a lot to look at. Obviously, throughout this game, the tribute videos, the end of the game. Is was there something? Is there an image? Is there a a moment that sticks out to you? A visual that you remember from this game?
1: Uh, Jay Z. Yes, I remember. The smile that was on Jay-Z's face. Yes. Um, And, you know, I don't have anything in common with Jay-Z. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not, like, politically or any of that stuff. Right. Um, But I I don't have anything in common with Jay-Z. But I just remember the coolest guy, because that's who he is. Like, you know, he's the ultimate cool Frank Sinatra guy. Even that guy was like a child. Yes, my God. That guy was like a kid. I'm like, we just having fun. This is why (laughs) sports exists. You know what I mean? There there was
0: a general level of like almost borderline incredulity at the end where everyone, as as he kept adding shot after shot and it crescendos and they take the lead. And ESPN did such a fantastic job of going to audience shots and so many people are looking up at the sky and their mouth is hanging wide open and they're just like, what is going on? It was just so perfect. It's, it's nice that it's, it was universal. It felt like a universal thing that everybody watching that game had the same feeling. And I feel like it bonded us all.
1: It did at the end of the day. I felt like the jazz were kind of (laughs) like, If 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 we pull this one out, we might not leave here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It might we might get outside and it might be Roro and them from 60 Crip They go, Y'all can't get on the bus. So let's just let's just get back, get in our zone, chuck some shots, and make on our out of stables. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, so good. Uh the I, I didn't know this, but I saw a post. Uh I can't remember who posted it, but it's the Jay-Z t- has the game ball. Oh wow. I could see that. that. He was dribbling. Oh, it was Steve Stout posted it. That's who posted it. Steve Stout posted yeah. it. It was like, Jay-Z, this is the game ball, and he's dribbling around with it. I mean, that's a got- – how about a, be- a memento? The, the the ball, the 60 ball from Kobe's last game, fantastic. The thing I'm going to, going to mention, uh, having seen Julius Randle just cleaning Hayward, Gordon Hayward's clock on that last <laughs> game. <laughs>
1: remember
0: that i just i so. see that and i go julius randall gets it he understands the moment he knew what he could get away with he knew what he was willing to do to help abet the situation and i just appreciate that he was willing to do that and it's in pl- it's in black and white right in front of you just absolute yeah. dex gordon hayward and apparently jordan clarkson when asked about randall's screen afterwards said quote oh it was illegal as shit <laughs>
1: Got to get it done, man. cold last game, bro. <laughs> uh,
0: the ear test. We got to move to the ear test. Hubie, this what did we hear in this moment? Hubie Brown being on this call. I'm just going to say this. Having Hubie meant a lot to me. Let's listen to this call together. This is Mike Tarico and Hubie Brown on the call. The Lakers down one. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. He got oh! it! I like the quality of Tariko's voice there. I love Hubie just being very guttural. Oh my! Like it's like a very old man reaction to be like, yeah. "Oh my!" It's fantastic. Here's the finish to this call, like before the commercial break. Here's Tarico and Hubie once more. This is this is, it leaves you on a bit of a an odd note. Here's the end of it. He has been great, and on his final night, it's one last glimpse of greatness. For shizzle. Oof! Oh my God. Oof! Van, do you want?
1: Now, in, in fairness, a, I'm to... imagining that they cut to Snoop or somebody. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. Because, okay. come on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you're scaring the hoes, bro. Like you're ruining the whole moment. Like, come on, Mike, bro. Don't don't do us like that. But I, but I get it. He's. Like, but they, I'm sure they cut to Snoop or something, and he just got caught up. Snoop was happy, and we do this. But you know, you almost blew it, Mike.
0: You almost blew it. Oh my God, that's fantastic, uh, Van. Again, this mo, this show about sports moments, special ones, the things that make it interesting. I want to back to your career. It's an amazing mm-hmm. career. The Oscar. I mean, my hat's completely off. I'm so impressed. The movie was amazing and entertaining but meaningful and thoughtful and um just congratulations on it what has been the biggest moment of your career so far Mm. what's the moment where everything has changed after that is it
1: getting tmz no 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 That's the kanye west thing okay uh i mean the moment that i mean if that's the if that's the the moment that everything mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's easily, easily the Kanye West
0: thing. Were you worried in that moment? Were you, was there any part of you that was like worried about
1: getting fired? Absolutely. Sure. I actually, so I, once again, I have been on camera so much. I think it's kind of one of those things that once, and I think a lot of people don't give them give themselves the opportunity to kind of, Dude, it's like once you get over the initial thing, it's mm-hmm. like he said what he said, and then he asked if he felt like he was speaking freely. And I'm going, I went, I'm going. That's literally what I said. I was like, I'm going, and, I, and I, I'm taking my earpiece off because I don't, I don't know that this is for TV. Mm-hmm. My mic is off. There's no mic over there. Right. So I, I'm speaking now. and the moment I got the first words out, because if you notice, um, if you watch it back, I'm kind of looking around. Yes. Boom, 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 and then it's like. Bang! That first little trepidation is over. Ugh. Give it to him. Like, just say what you think. Um, and then I left the office right away. I like after that happened, after he did his thing, I went outside because I had to walk and collect myself. And I, right. I, I made a phone call, I was talking to a friend of mine, a um, guy you should have on this podcast, Charlemagne the God. And so I was, uh, I was talking to him on the phone, and then Kanye called him. And so uh, he's like, let, let me t- let me talk to him real quick. Cause I was like, okay, cool. And when I turned my phone off, oh, excuse me, when I when I got off the phone, the phone shut off. That's how much stuff was coming into the phone.
0: Oh my god!
1: Because they, they put it up immediately. <laughs> right. They cut it and got Ugh. it right on the net, and it was up there by the time I got back. When I got back, Harvey was like, "Where have you been?" Oh my god! I was like, "Yeah, I was went on my I, I went on a little walk." He's like, "Yo, we gotta talk." And I thought maybe, yeah. I ruined the show. I mean, I didn't really think that, but I thought, what does he have to talk to me about? And then it was just like, okay, so what are we going to do now? Boom, 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 boom. And the next next day I was on Good Morning America.
0: God damn. Yeah. What a crazy moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next credential is You Mad. Rob, play my camera on clip here. You You mad, you You mad, mad, you mad. Thank you so much. Uh, Was anybody mad? I love it when someone's mad about a sports moment. You mentioned it earlier. The Warriors were going for their NBA record 73rd win, which they got, and no one gave a shit. Listen to yeah. me as I say that. No one gave a shit, and I won't ever believe, I will go to my grave knowing that someone on that team, if not lots of people on that team, or everyone on that team, was a little angry about how they did not get any shine
1: because Kobe took all of it. I thought you guys were playing to kill it. Um, no, I didn't jump in. No, um, I have not yet been able to interview any of the warriors that were on the court that night. <laughs> I desperately want to ask this question. Um Steph is a fan of higher learning. Steph is a great guy. Yeah. Um I am I'm I'm, I'm pretty cool with Harrison Barnes. I desperately want to know if any of them felt played because uh you know it, it, it ended up sort of a little bit detracting away from the season that they didn't go on to win the title that year. Right, right. But at the same time, 73 wins is 73 <laughs> wins, man. That's <laughs> Chicago bullshit. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's nuts. And none of us saw it.
0: Yes, that's exactly right.
1: <laughs> like, I didn't see it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And I wonder if the league should have flexed the games or yes. if they should have done something. You know what I mean? Like, like none, none of us saw it. I don't. I can't remember the game. I don't remember who they were playing. That's right. Um, I, 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 it, and it kind of went on to be like a kind of a non thing. That's right you know what i mean so i don't know it's fascinating
0: it's such a great part of this you i couldn't agree with you more i don't it's lost to time i don't know who they played i don't know how the game went were they home where was there was it in front of their home did the home team get to appreciate it was there any celebration afterwards was did anybody come out and shake anybody's hand was there someone from the bulls there to congratulate them i don't know anything i didn't see a frame of the
1: game yeah don't remember. I, I really <laughs> God don't. God
0: damn, it's fantastic. Uh, the next credential, test of time. This is when we compare this moment against other moments like it in past. There are just too many great Kobe games to compare this to. There's also not enough great retirement games to compare this mm. to. So I want to compare this against, and I think you're going to know this because you talked about remembering when Kobe was no longer Kobe. So I want to talk about what I believe was the, great, was the last great Kobe game before this. That was March eighth, twenty thirteen, against the Raptors. Do you remember Kobe against the Raptors with that? It was that Nash Dwight team where he hit like two or three threes in a row, I do. Yeah. and then he dunked the ball at the end. That game, it's the same thing. You're watching it and you're going, something is happening.
1: Right. He, he Kobe would get into people call it the zone, mm. but I don't even call it the zone. With Kobe. I called it the trance of greatness. Right. He it would be like Kobe would start floating on the basketball court. He mm. would he would get into this moment to where, and everybody gets whatever. When I say this, I'll be like, that's the best basketball player I ever saw. Yeah. Like he would have these moments to where he was always good, but his top level right. of dominance. Was something like I had never seen before, and obviously I'm watching with hard eyes because this was my favorite player. But I, 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 I remember almost every single time he went there, and I definitely remember that those Raptors games. And plus, I never liked the Raptors. I used to like when he used to torture the Raptors, man. Like I, I, I still beef with <laughs> Raptors fans on Twitter right now. Raptors always had some mischievous bullshit with them. I to like the Raptors now, Pascal Siakam, but uh, but but yeah. So it's um. Nah, but I do remember that game, and I remember that being vintage Kobe as well, man. I I found a tweet talking about
0: Twitter. I found a tweet from 2020, so this is well after this last Kobe game, from one Van Lathan who wrote, this might be my favorite regular season single moment of all time, and what you were talking about was the Steph Curry deep three to beat Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah. Is, yeah.
0: Which is the better moment, Kobe's last game or that Steph Curry uh,
1: game winner? I don't view Kobe's last game as a regular season moment. Okay.
0: <laughs> Please explain. Uh,
1: okay. I don't – let me tell you – and this this is stupid. When I say <laughs> – it is. It's very dumb. What I'm about to say is it's very dumb. When I say regular season moment, I mean you can catch it on a Saturday right. primetime game. Got it. Or it's – Wednesday night, and somebody's going nuts. Chris Duhon has 22 assists, <laughs> or, or, or you know what I mean, or 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 something like that. Kobe's it, Kobe's moment is obviously superior to that, but it's so emotional, right? That's that different. it's different. Yeah. I'm talking when I'm saying best regular season moment, I mean regular season yep. stakes yep. is yep. really what I yep. mean. Yep. Yep. Kobe's I game it. is a legacy game. Got that it. game is. It's the Thunder against right. the Warriors. Right. It's a big game a, right. and a big thing happened.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. Thursday night. Yes. I, I I get it now. That makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, also, I want to say, how dare you drag Chris Duhon into this? I don't appreciate that. Okay. The next <laughs> credential, uh, Twitter fingers. Any great tweets from this moment? Yes, of course. Uh, Wheezy tweeted favorite player of forever, which to be uh, little Wheezy's, little Wayne's. Uh, favorite player. I just think it's special. I just think that's got to be additive to this moment. There's a lot of great stuff. Uh, Nick Young, Roy Hibbert, where they were taking like selfies on the court as Kobe's doing a speech. They have the photo. Damian Lillard posted the photo of the moment he found out that Kobe had 60 with 10 seconds left. That's fantastic. Uh, Van Lathan tweeted, this will never leave my DVR. At one o two in the morning, and at twelve fifty three, you wrote, "This is the most ridiculously fun basketball I've ever witnessed. I couldn't be happier."
1: Yeah, it's all facts. By the way, I still have the game. It's not on the DVR, but I have it on the YouTube TV recorded. Fantastic. I watch it uh, along with random LSU games from like two thousand six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it, it it hasn't, and uh. Unfortunately, after Kobe passed, it was a long time before I could watch Kobe play basketball. Same. Um, It was, and then during the pandemic, because you know, it was only some Mm -hmm. months later during the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there, and me and Kalika just, spent an evening Mm. looking at kobe and this game was actually the first game that we watched we went backwards yeah so uh, it's just fantastic it's a it's a really really inspirational just a good life memory man
0: the last tweet serena williams the goat tweeted kobe bryant i'm in tears congrats kobe bryant you inspire every athlete for a lifetime which that's like if you think, and I have no reason to believe that she doesn't mean every single word that she wrote in there, but if 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 you do, if you believe every single word that Serena Williams just wrote, yeah. that is a heavy goddamn sentence. That is a monster sentence. It brings me to the next credential, burning questions. The, the answer to these questions could decide this moment's fate, fate in the First Bell Hall of Fame. The question is to you, Van, did you cry watching this moment? Yeah. I did too. I did too.
1: Yeah, we like we I, 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 we looked around and we were all laughing with tears streaming down. Like yeah. we didn't believe. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah.
0: I, I, I feel a little bashful to admit that. Like, I feel a little like, ugh, I, I'm not certain I should a hundred percent say that out loud. Cause I was for sure a full grown adult, but I, <laughs> I, yeah, I got teary. I, I don't, I can't really remember too I You know what? I, I do remember the last time I cried watching a basketball game. Is that, uh, whatever it was 91 or 92 all-star game with magic Johnson, because the guy I looked up to my entire life is like, I'm thinking he's going to die. Yeah. Like, and then this is like the end of the just the end of this guy's career. Uh, uh, and I was emotional watching this game. It really is uh, fantastic. Um, I can't put we can't put every Kobe Bryant moment in the Hall of Fame. I have to say no eventually. I, I get accused of being a Laker homer. <laughs> I am one. So let's move to the devil's advocate. Okay. This is when I try to punch a hole in this moment for you. Sure. Let's do it. Mamba out. For yeah. that to be the button. For me, just it's just a little corny. Not I don't great. I don't
1: get it. Your thoughts? Not great. <laughs> uh and, and by the way, this was also part of Kobe. Right. Yes. Part of, there was a part of Kobe that was kind of there was this little, I don't know, man. It's the same thing that Michael Jordan has. Mm-hmm. There's like a there was a some of these players are cool. hmm Kobe was not necessarily cool. Yes. He was – you wanted to be like Kobe. Right. But I don't know if you wanted to hang out with Kobe like after the game. Yes. I don't know yes. if you wanted to there, – there are a bunch of players out there that you want to hang out with them like after the game and go party where they party and be in the locker room with them. It doesn't seem like it would be very much fun right? to – hang out with Kobe after the game and be in the locker room and all of that. I don't have very many stories about how awesome that was. I've never met the man who didn't know him personally. Kobe Bryant was something that I aspired to be, not somebody that I aspired to be around. Right. And when I saw the Mamba out thing, that was like, yeah, you know, like that's not Mamba out, then you drop it, And we're like, Uh, You know what I mean? (laughs) That's something that like Michael Jordan would do, because Michael Jordan would look at you with those big, fake eyes like he's actually a real human being. But we know what you are. You're a basketball cyborg. You're a basketball (laughs) robot. And that's what we like. We don't want to be cool with you or hear you talk too much about other stuff, because then we start asking, like, what the fuck this guy is? You know what I mean? And, but you know, you know, so when it, that him dropping it, Mamba out, that was him being a basketball robot. Or just like right, think yes. about how many moments Kobe has like this. Remember the movie with Kobe and John Saunders where they're interviewing Kobe about the Shaq beef and they asked Kobe if he's reached out to Shaq since Shaq has been traded. And Kobe said, I don't have his phone number. And everybody's <laughs> right. like, everybody's like, Kobe come on, bro. <laughs> you know what i'm saying
0: yeah he really he when he when he would laugh at his like something that he said i was i always felt a little bit like you're forcing a laugh at the thing you just said because you're worried about maybe there being a little silence after your joke uh yeah that stuff is awkward and i'll never get over as long as i live the that he took black mamba from kill bill he took it from and it's not like a small movie it was a big movie and a very uh you know memorable nickname and he just took it and gave it to himself just a confounding decision do you have van do you have a favorite sporting nickname what's the best nickname in
1: sports you've heard uh best nickname in sports that's a good question obviously king james i'm not the biggest lebron guy in the world but obviously king james is a great great nickname and very apt um i i i used to like when they you called Karolinko ak47 yeah 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 it just <laughs> it was so uh i'm trying to think throw just throw some out because there are some really what? good ones
0: I like uh, well. I I listen. I led with marvelous Marvin Hagler, which just feels like a wrestling name. I love the M's. Uh-huh. Hagler
1: just I, I, honestly,
0: in a way, Hagler feels like a part of a nickname. Like it's my like, feels it's like a his name last name. That, that, yes,
1: that for that, that,
0: that, yeah, some writer gave to him. I also like um, Tommy the Hitman Hearns. I also like the Tommy the oh, Hitman Hearns a great one. was called the Motor City Cobra. That's the best
1: nickname. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. 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 No. 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 Seriously. That's weird that you were bringing that up. That so. Tommy, the Hitman Hearns, is a great nickname. Yeah. He started using that a little bit more after he established himself a little bit. Right. The Motor City Cobra. (laughs) is so good. Is the coldest shit (laughs) ever. Ever. There there are these boxing YouTube channels that I follow. One of them is called The Modern Martial Artist, and I'm sorry I'm giving free promotion to people. (laughs) But I follow boxing gyms, all of these different ones. And you do a, they did a career retrospective on uh, on Tommy Hearns, and I've watched a bunch of them. And just hearing somebody introduce him, the Motor City Cobra, <laughs> that's sexy, bro. <laughs> that's cold. It's
0: so like weird. that is
1: the one. That is the one, man. Right. Yeah, that, I, that's I'm a so good one. You jog
0: my memory right I'm there. I'm so happy. Uh that makes me feel really great. Uh the next credential is our MVP. It's the most valuable part. Is there a most valuable part to this game, this moment that you look back and go, man, this is like, this is the thing that makes this so goddamn special.
1: The go ahead shot.
0: Yeah. Because yep.
1: that's the thing that's the most vintage Kobe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you just, he's, he's going to shoot it. And you're just thinking there's no way he hits this one. Right.
0: right. Yes. Right. Cause they
1: couldn't <laughs> like Adam Silver couldn't have written this good of a script. Like, there's there's, there's no way he's going to hit this one. And that's the one that even if Kobe had been one for 21. Right. Yes. And the Lakers were in the game. And he hits that shot to go up. You go. Kobe did a Kobe thing in his last game. That's right. If he misses that shot. And the Lakers – and he still scores all of those points. It's not the same. It's That's really right. the only game in the shot – the only shot in the game he has to make. And he made it. Uh,
0: you, you're absolutely you're – so, you're very good at this. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> when you re-watch this, you uh, – I mean, there's so many emotions in re-watching this game. Deep emotions, very sad emotions. But then as you're watching the game and you get whipped up into the game and the frenzy of it all – you it, when i when you watch it live it sort of doesn't you're just like in the moment and you're enjoying it and everything else now watching going back and watching it for this podcast you that go ahead shot if he misses that shot it would have been devastating it would been devastating <laughs> oh my god the the pressure on him to make to to do what he set out to do which was to bring his team back finish with this gigantic flurry and win the game for him to do that it's just really really special and speaks to his showmanship
1: absolutely and just it's just it in that moment the most unbothered person in mm. the entire arena with that shot was Kobe yeah oh. <laughs> we all stressed it yes much more than he did every single oh. time he was the he was the last person in that arena to be <laughs> stressed out about that shot so good
0: uh my mvp there is a moment where Kobe sits down on the bench in a timeout, and he is absolutely exhausted. Do you remember this shot? they put the towel over him, he looks down at the ground, there's sweat pouring off his face he is his mouth is wide open he's trying to draw breath and get himself back in to finish this game and I believe it's before even the go- ahead shot. He is completely spent mm-hmm. And and in what I remember watching that and getting full body chills. And that's where I started to tear up to look at this man, the idea of quote, leaving it on the court. That's what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. He was leaving it genuinely all on the court. And as I think about Kobe, I think he was so beloved in Asian countries and particularly in the Philippines Because he wasn't, as you noted earlier on, he wasn't a gigantic man like Shaq or like LeBron. He wasn't super muscular, super fast. He, was, he didn't have freakishly giant hands like MJ or Dr. J. He was just a guy, and again, whether this is true or not, he just worked. That yeah. narrative got sold, it stuck, and it will stick forever, and I believe yeah. that's what Asian and Asian cultures attach themselves to. This guy works. This guy's a craftsman. Yeah. He's working on this trade, and he's doing it in Till the buzzer of his final game he's giving everything to this pursuit of perfection it's just
1: amazing and I'll yeah. never forget that moment yeah he was a freak athlete but not in the overwhelming way right. that some of even his contemporaries were right? right he wasn't the athlete that Vince Carter was right? at least not vertically I'm sure he might, might have had better feet Tracy, Tracy McGrady was bigger none of those guys had that extra yep. thing yep. and that's an all respect to those gentlemen because those are Same. fabulous basketball players right but none of those guys had that thing kobe had that thing man really special um van i see the clock is winding down on us
0: i have a question for you are you ready for more important let's do it you worked at tmz for years you're still respectful of the company and your time there but van isn't tmz in part What gave rise to social media, the never ending news cycle and the uncut obsession with celebrity, all of which is undoubtedly a pox on this nation and planet. What responsibility do you have, Van Leighton? (laughs) What responsibility do you take for the spread of the virulent and purulent scourge known as social media? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have time for the rest of your very honest answer. I made the question too long. God damn it. I should have left more time for your answer, but we've got to move on because it's time for something more important. Van, I'm about to ask you a series of questions. The guitars are playing. There's a timer counting us down. Your answers to these questions, Van, will all be way more important than anything you've said on this podcast so far. They will define who you are as a person on this earth. Are you ready for more important? I am. Here we go. What is your favorite beverage? Oh,
1: just favorite beverage. That's right. Gen- yes. Ginger ale.
0: Oh, I don't like that answer, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> this <is laughs> about you, not me. What's the best sports movie of all time? Oh, um, best sports above the rim. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, that, that fantastic answer. I love it. Uh. Do you have a top ten favorite movies? And if so, what is the movie on your top ten that most people wouldn't expect to be there? The Joy Luck Club. Wow. <laughs> Not in a million years. Not if you let me make a <laughs> list for a million years Would I have the Joy Luck Club on it. A, a fantastic movie, answer to that question. Yeah. Wow. All right. Who is the best former athlete turned TV personality? Who's the best at oh, Who's done it the man. best? Charles Barkley. He's the best. He's uh, asked. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I realize now that it's very obvious. Okay. What is the single best
1: menu item from any chain restaurant? The calamari uh, <laughs> appetizer at Cheesecake Factory. It's the best calamari you can buy. <laughs> That's the sort of specificity I love. Fantastic. When,
0: uh, wh- pardon, what was the last performance in a TV show or movie that really
1: moved you? Um. Good question. I'm. Going to go with Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All Fantastic. at Once. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate you saying her. As an Asian person, I appreciate it. I, listen, I want mm-hmm. to minimize all of us to just being uh, Asian, but I do appreciate that you're willing to say Michelle Yeoh. Fantastic answer. Who is your favorite uh, character from Succession? Oh, uh, Roman. Says so a lot about you there, uh, yeah. there. <laughs> Roman. Like, are you a sicko, Roman? Like, like, <laughs> Roman, yeah for sure,
1: it's Roman. Favorite dunk of all time? Do you have a favorite dunk that sticks out to you? Oh man, so I have two. I okay. have three. Three there, three there at a time. All right, here we go. So, Derek Rose, two hands yes. overboard, Drogic. Yes,
0: fantastic. Um, I've been waiting, I've been wanting to do an episode
1: on that dunk. Fantastic uh,
0: answer.
1: Tom Chambers, yes, on Jackson. When he's fly, looks like he's flying over the rim. Yes, just fantastic. going nuts. <laughs> and I gotta give one to my boy Kobe on Steve Nash, yes. just destroying him. <laughs> great,
0: I fantastic answers.
1: I love it. Last question, more
0: important. Van Lathan, name something that really kicks ass. Barbie. <laughs> did the movie? Did you see the movie? Yeah. Bro. I haven't seen it. Is it great?
1: It's so much better than you think it could ever oh, possibly shit. be. Yeah, <laughs> bro, it's so good, it. bro. Like, it's, it's like it really I, it was the most fun I've had in a the movie theater since Avengers Endgame. I can't in-game. wait. I can't really wait. Good. I'm going to have to
0: see it this weekend. Uh, fantastic. Uh, all right. The, we're moving on here. The next credential is the co-sign. Van Lathan, the floor is yours. Does Kobe's last game belong in the first ballot Hall
1: of Fame and why? It does. And the reason why it does, in my opinion, is because I think Hall of Fames have to be about two different things. They have to be about greatness, and they have to be about scarcity. Mm. I think Hall of Fames in various sports make the mistake Mm. when they let too Too many, too much in, right? And so if I look at this, if I look at a Hall of Fame moment, What I, the criteria I use is, you know, obviously greatness. We're talking about something that has to be great to even be considered. Mm. But then the question is how many times is something like this going to happen? Right. What has to take place? What prologue (laughs) do you have to get to build up to a moment like this? Right. And there's a rushing record right now, and somebody's going to break it. There's a, passing record right now and somebody's going to break it somebody might even fuck around and score 85 points as far as Will's 100 we didn't really see it so we're all going right. off vibes that that right. happened <laughs> but but it, it but in terms of this right i love this who is going to Ugh. have the type of career overcome the type of injuries and then get to a point where the whole world is watching their last game and then do something like this. Hadn't happened before. I don't know if it'll happen again. So because of that, scarcity has got to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, 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 What what,
0: what am I going to add to this? There's nothing to add to that. (laughs) It's the perfect wrap-up. It's time for the induction speech. I get to decide whether this thing's going in. There's no need to make this dramatic. Everything Van Lathan just said is exactly on the button. Of course (laughs) this thing is going in. I'll even set a rule about this. Anytime something feels magical... Anytime that you're you're like watching this and you can honestly say I was watching this thing and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Anytime something feels magical, it's probably going in the first ball hall of fame. Kobe Bryant, Van Lathan, Julius Randle, Kuya Jordan Clarkson, congratulations. This moment is going into the first ball hall of fame. Woo! We did it! We did it! Rest in peace, Mamba. We miss you, brother. We miss you, sir. Van, what can you
1: plug? How can people follow you? Higher learning on the ringer verse. Excuse me, higher learning on the ringer. The 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 ringer verse on the ringer. Just come chat with me. Have a good time, man. It was really, really, really fun podcast, bro. Oh, thank, thank you, you so for much. having me.
0: Yeah, I want to say something else about you and Rachel. You make her better and she makes you better. And that chemistry, you cannot pay for. You cannot teach it. The two of you feed into each other and make each other better. And that's it's fantastic. Everybody go check out Higher Learning on the Ringer Podcast Network. Van Lathan, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really
1: appreciate it. All right, brother. Peace, man.
0: That's it. That's the show. My gosh, my thanks to Mr. Van Lathan. One of my favorite episodes of this little podcast we're starting. He is so good. I I honestly study Van and what he does. If you ever want to accuse me of stealing his shit, I'll take it as a compliment. Support the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild and support people like Van. We're all we got. You're going to believe me when I say that eventually. We're all we got. We have to help each other out. We do that by following Van. Support his work. I think he's a really special guy. Same could be said about the rest of my team. Credits. Robbie Arucci edits the show. Jessica Singh produces it. David Estramskis is our balls life producer. Shout out to the Balls Life family and the Balls Life Podcast Network. Check them out. At Ball is Life on all social channels Rhythm J makes the beats Jorge Naranjo plays the guitar On the more important theme song Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts Follow us on social At First Ballot HOF on Instagram and threads At First Ballot Pod on Twitter I realize those should be the same The show keeps growing And please come back next week for more First Ballot For our parting words today Here's a short version of Kobe Bryant on the mic After his last game Enjoy Man
1: Guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I Man, this is crazy. The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. Then the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. You guys will always be in my heart. Thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I... God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. To my family, my wife, Vanessa, our daughters Natalia, and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. There's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. What can I say? Mamba out.